Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Pipeline Superheroes podcast, hosted by Grant Cohen and Keegan Slattery. Hey there, everybody. Of Bloom Growth Studio. Today, we have Rohit, CEO and founder of Sora Finance. Rohit, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Grant and Keegan. Thanks for thanks for having me and excited to chat uh, growth and Sora here today. Awesome. Yep, that's very excited for that <laughs> as well. And uh, really excited to, to learn more about the fintech space. I know there's a lot of companies in all kinds of you know shapes and sizes and applications. And you know, I think what's interesting about fintech is everyone's sort of carving out their own niche. So we'd love to you know jump in to things and by ways of introduction, understand what Sora is and how that became your mission. Yeah, for sure. And maybe I'll I'll start with our mission because I think with each company, like what what what's our purpose and why do we exist and you know, Sora exists to give everyone their lowest possible cost of debt. Um, we think, you know, right now Americans spend about $100 billion a year in excess interest. So that's more interest than they should be paying. And that's really due to two reasons. One, they don't get a good deal or the best deal when they're taking out any new loan, whether it's home, auto, student, personal, uh, credit card. Uh, and then they're not kind of active or proactive on refinancing or uh, collateralizing when they can't uh, their existing debt. And I think that's, you know, the stat that always pulls me is uh, people wait about 11 months on average from when they can refinance to actually refinancing to save money on their debt. Um, so so we, we exist at a, whole, at a whole level to basically make sure Americans are not spending an extra dollar than they should be on any piece of debt. Uh, we're holistic. We look at your entire debt picture, home, auto, student. Uh, and we like to say, you know, we're, we're customer first. So we're not beholden to lenders on the back end, but we exist to make sure that... Uh, you uh, that our platform and our software is serving the actual consumer uh, to surface the best deals and the best rates and actually help execute uh, for the end user. Awesome. And tell us more about like the ideation behind this and how this became sort of, uh, you know, your mission during this time. Yeah, I think it probably like the initial ideation and my co-founder Siddhartha and I was around, you've had a lot of these kind of robo advisory firms take off on the asset side. You know, whether that be Wealthfront or Betterment uh, that are saying, you know, you set certain rules or parameters or conditions, and then they kind of run the engine for you uh, on your on the asset and investment side. Um, and so the thought process kept going, you know, why doesn't that exist on the debt side? Uh, you know, Americans hold $17 trillion in, in household debt, uh, obviously across home. We've heard a lot about student growing, you know, students now bigger than, than auto uh, a lot of uncertainty on the um, on what's going to happen here with the uh, student loan forgiveness. But in general, the, the ideation was, given where fintech is today, and what I mean by that is, do can we know enough about a consumer or an end user in terms of their credit score, their debt to income ratio, to try to act in a similar way to be automatic in terms of monitoring and always surfacing on the back end from this pool of lenders. I mean, there's 11,000 lenders in the United States. So it's almost impossible uh, for you to, unless you're really manually executing a really complicated Excel spreadsheet to find the best deal for a new loan or to actively monitor your existing loans. Um, this was kind of the, the, the problem and the ideation that came together. Uh, and we spent a lot of time in, in 2021 thinking through, you know, is there a business here? Can we acquire customers at a reasonable cost? Can we get our value prop against that? And then can we actually execute? Can we be, you know, for lack of a better term, this credit karma meets betterment together uh, to execute and save people money on their debt? Um, I'd say to, to add on that, a lot of the ideation, though, it was kind of, first of all, are we excited about this mission? I think that's something that we want to spend the next five, 10 plus years of our life doing. 
uh, two, do we think the uh, the market size was big enough? And I think pretty pretty applicable to this podcast is a lot of the ideation was like was around customer acquisition because the way our business model works is right now we acquire you know at the, at the beginning uh, and we'll get into that we started direct to consumer but now we've found some B two B and B two B to C hacks kind of and and developed into more of a little bit of a SaaS product as well. Um, was around uh, what would be our CAC and how often will we monetize our users? I mean, I think that model makes a ton of sense too. The fact that like mm-hmm. people aren't as forthright or as, as you said, as uh, outgoing or aggressive about, about yeah. trying to find the best deal in refinancing. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of that comes down to also financial literacy and just not knowing yeah. that there's options out there and ways to do it. So how do you guys kind of overcome that in terms of, especially when you were doing the B2C side um, mm. how do you overcome some of that financial literacy aspect to get people to realize that there is a new option yeah. to help them find those deals? Yeah, for sure. It's a good, great, great question. And in, in our, the financial literacy component has changed as rates have gone up. So that's the elephant in the room. Like when we started the business, 56% of mortgages were eligible to refinance, which means there was a 75 basis point spread between their current rate, uh, and the prevailing market interest rate. And so a lot of our literacy has come as it's kind of shifted the messaging that we've put out there. Uh, it's one been more around like, hey, if you need to access capital, you need to be thinking about HELOCs. If you own a home, it will probably be your lowest cost. If you have credit card debt, you know, here's the way based on your credit score and here's ways to move your credit score to try to access a much lower cost personal loan to pay off your credit card debt. Um, and then I think the third overarching financial literacy component we've really tried to hit on is we want to be like a big ethos of us, of our company is wanting to do what's best for the consumer. And we think what's out there right now. And so we are a bit direct on saying that what's out there right now, a lot of these rate aggregators, uh, they are beholden to an extent, their core customer is actually the lender. And so it's how much the lender is paying them is where they show up. Like if you go to Nerd Wallet or Lending Tree, et cetera, uh, it's trying to be like, hey, you know what? Sora's actually got your best interest at heart. We show solely you know, who's actually the best deal for you. And I think showing real examples of that for your profile, your credit score, your debt to income ratio, what that right profile is. So that I think will take time, but we want to really build a brand of, of trust with, uh, to your point, the financial literacy component comes through in our messaging, but also just when someone's on our software, what are we kind of, what's our email drip campaign look like to the individual? What messages are we sending in software or in app uh, to kind of hit what we think is relevant to them? Uh, based on overall market macro rising rate environment and their exact, you know, their their exact situation. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, looking at your website, there is like yeah. four employers pl- uh, part of the the go to market mm-hmm. and four advisors. And it sounds like you're obviously super consumer focused as well. So curious mm-hmm. how you manage all three parts of those of the platform, the users, employers, and advisors, and like yeah. how that all kind of crystallizes in a go to market. Yeah, for sure. So we've actually mainly pressed pause on the, on the consumer side. When we started the business, we, we thought we'd be a direct-to-consumer business. And I think we will eventually add, you know, go back to consumer. Um, I think, you know, our product, I think the 83% of Americans that have debt should all be on Sora. Uh, but right now, where we have found kind of pull and more of a B2B to see when we think about our cost per acquisition has been through financial advisors and employers. Um, so with, with financial advisors, uh, we typically target these registered independent advisors, these RAAs that don't have a lending arm behind them. So kind of not like your advisor at Wells Fargo or your advisor at B of A Merrill. Um, it's one of these, and you know, there's about 270,000 financial advisors in the United States. 
and about a hundred thousand are these kind of independent folks and that's who we target and what we offer them is a way to differentiate themselves to their clients so not only am i managing your assets but now i'm also managing your liabilities uh two we uh kind of save them a lot of time in terms of anything lending or credit related uh and three we help them unlock assets under management because we're saying if you kind of get the best deal on a new loan and we're constantly monitoring and actively managing and monitoring your clients to try to find savings opportunities that's AUM that you can invest which is how you're compensated for the most part um it's so uh, we've had good traction with with advisors on this b2b model where we charge a subscription to the advisor uh to use sora as a way to manage liabilities uh but then they we you know a big incentive is us is how do we get them to add all their clients and so we spent a lot of time thinking through how to remove friction from when an advisor signs up to get them to add the average advisor has 70 clients how do they add all 70 um and then those become the folks that we can eventually help to to drive value for in terms of saving money or, or helping with any lending activity across home auto student uh and personal um and then we monetize on a referral fee and or a uh, we are a licensed mortgage broker so we can monetize as a whenever we originate a new home loan or a, a refinance um that's been our probably our channel that's performed the best i'd say over the last six months uh we also do have employers i think we're cognizant of employers you know as you can tell are you know facing some head there's definitely some headwinds in employee benefit spend outside of outside of healthcare spending and so i think we're, we're cognizant of that and i think the where we've actually found a sweet spot with employers is you know figure out where does our service fit well uh, is we've had a lot of traction actually with school districts present so so serving uh you know teachers administrators uh we have a you know a handful of school districts on the software uh where they're saying hey there's this software sora we do uh that will optimize your debt and you get to meet with a uh sora certified financial planner to go through a holistic financial planning session which is kind of a nice flywheel we've built because we have these advisors currently using sora um but i think it's a a long way of saying our, our core goal in the next six to 12 months is how do we get as many advisors and employers on the platform as possible? Uh, it's kind of the first sale. And then the second sale is how many of those clients of advisors and employees of employers are on the software? And how do we go from our current couple thousand to, you know, 20, 30, 40,000 um, where we want to be uh, while really tracking liabilities under management? Because those are things that the liabilities are what we can monetize over time. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense with the FAs and being able to have an access as another tool for them to offer their um, their yeah. clients. I'm curious. I uh, I used to work a lot with um, uh, I used to work at LinkedIn on, and a lot of the oh, cool. customers we had were trying to reach financial advisors on LinkedIn. Turns out that is yeah. one of the most expensive audiences to try to reach <laughs> because there's yeah. so many banks, big and small, who are trying to get in front of them to sell different products yeah. and just have branding messaging in front of these FAs. Um, yeah. So I'm curious with them being such an expensive audience to reach. Um, what are some of the ways that you found to get in front of these FAs thus yep. far without, you know, having to spend a $35 CPM on LinkedIn? Yep. Yeah. It's a great point. Cause they do, they do live on LinkedIn. A lot of these advisors, even though yeah, they're they expensive. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think it, we found like three things that have been effective and, and, and it's a combination of our go to market motion coupled with the product improving, to be honest, because I feel like it's, how do we access them? But then how do we also convert the demo? Uh, where they test it out with a client or themselves and they see. And I think our product has become, that's been a big tailwind, has become much more robust from our MVP last August uh, to where it is today in, in April. Um, 
if we look at our advisor strategy, it's been twofold. It's been one, you know, we have about 150 advisors on the software right now. Is how do we get those? Basically, it's been a bottoms up and tops down approach. So the bottom up, the way we've gotten most of our advisors, which has worked for us, has honestly been influencers. So if we get another advisor that has a following on LinkedIn or Twitter to post about a demo with Sora or how they use Sora to manage debt or liabilities, that has generated our most, our, our, probably our highest amount of customers. So LinkedIn we've got a lot influencers, of, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we've gone hard at trying to find those on Twitter and LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, and you know, a lot, the way we reach out to them is honestly just LinkedIn messaging, emailing, and probably a better word, uh, you know, Twitter DMs uh, mm-hmm. to, to, to get to them. That, that's one strategy that, that's been, been helpful on the bottoms up. The, the, the second strategy has been conferences, to be honest. Like we got it in this, with that segment, you got to be out at conferences. And that's where we found a lot of our, I'd say, second biggest poll of, uh, of advisors. Uh, third, we do have, a, a, you know, a drip email campaign that is a, vol- a high volume, you know, probably low conversion, but I think it, it's got to be out there. Um, and so we do have kind of our automated email campaign going as well with advisors. And then I'd say the, the fourth thing we're about to, about to start launching next month that I'm really excited about, we haven't actually leveraged our existing user base as much or advisor base for approach. And so now that I think they've all, you know, we have a robust product, they've had a good experience. We're starting to get, it's, I, I, we'll see how that goes, but I think that will be another big, uh, way for us to grow our advisor base. Um, the other tops down approach is now we are finally getting to the point where, you know, we have about 15 to 20 Northwestern mutual advisors on our software. So we can take that and how do we go? Now we're getting the conversations with the Northwestern mutual corporate, LPL corporate, uh, focus financial, these kind of bigger networks of advisors, which we would not have been able to get in the room to have these convos to try to convert these larger enterprise deals or get approved for all their advisors and market through them. Uh, if we hadn't done the work to get all these, you know, one to five person shops on the software. Yeah. Um, one question about advisors too, because I've spent so much time yeah. researching them. Are you starting to yeah. see if there's a generational shift happening among yeah. the population of financial advisors? I know it's something like 10,000 baby boomers yeah. are retiring every single day. And I'm sure a big portion yeah. is also financial folks. Are you yeah. noticing that the almost like a younger generation of FAs are starting to be the ones who are adopting uh, Sora faster? Yeah. And they're yeah, all on 100%. TikTok, right? Just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're all on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. What we know our sweet spot of advisor tends to be younger and tends to have kind of mass affluent or uh, younger client base in their 30s and 40s. Hmm. Uh, so there's like three things we're, we're seeing with advisors is uh, one, the RAA channel is growing. So like more of these people that are at a bigger bulge bracket firm are moving to create their own shops, these RAs. And those tend to be the younger people. That, that, that serves us well. Um, two, even though millennials are much more, you know, millennials are coming into a decent amount of, of wealth just as they hit their peak earning years, coupled with, uh, uh, just generational shifts in wealth, uh, is the, the narrative had been like millennials would do it themselves without advisors. You know, they're mm-hmm. digitally native. They have all these, you know, robo advisors, Robin hood, whatever, you know, the, that is surprising amount of millennials are signing up to have advisors and take a hybrid approach. And with those younger advisors that have a more digital first hybrid approach, like meet with me once every once or twice a year, but here's all these other tools, we fit really well in as like, here's a tool where here's your login to Sora. Um, one thing that I would say is there is where we struggle 
is a lot of advisors do have clients who are at retirement age. And if you're at retirement age, uh, SOAR is not a good fit because you typically don't have much debt. It's all about kind of wealth preservation at that age. Uh, and so we're trying to get better at targeting these younger massive loan advisors. Uh, I would be, if you were ever, I mean, if you ever wanted to be a financial advisor, I think now is a good time just given your that macro theme. There is a shortage of younger advisors, I'd say. Yeah. It also feels mm-hmm. like a vocation in a lot of ways where, you know, mm-hmm. especially like we're, we talked about student debt briefly here, but, yeah. you know, as people are reassessing the social contract of the value of education and how it actually yeah. relates to gainful employment, it just sounds like a definitive skill with a, a great demand and is always, yeah. you know, there's always going to be a need for financial advisors. So that part's really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Awesome. And then, uh, you know, uh, as we sort of wrap up now, we'd love to also hear about the funding round and what the yeah. plan and the vision is with uh, putting that into enterprise value. Yeah, it's a great, great question. Yeah. So we've raised uh, a little over 3.9 million to date. Uh, we, we announced our fundraise um, about a month ago and uh, we raised this over two rounds, actually last we raised some in March of last year and then the rest in November of last year. Um where we raised about two and a half and then uh, almost one and a half in, in November. And I think now we've got, we feel fortunate, you know, we're a lean team of about 10. Uh, we have uh, about 19, 20 months of runway at our, our current burn. Uh, and I think the way we're going to grow equity value or enterprise value all comes down to us to, to I think, three, three main metrics. And it's one, uh, how many end users or liabilities under management do we have on platform? So how do we grow from the couple thousand end users and 300 million in liabilities under management today to get into the billions of liabilities under management and, you know, 30, 40, 50,000 end users? Uh, I think the way we do that, though, is the strategic, what we're talking about is, is it through this advisor employer channel is kind of our core focus to use this money to prove out that we've built a really robust product that delivers on debt optimization and execution. Uh and we attract, we acquire consumers through this kind of distribution hack uh, that we feel is a reasonable CAC. And then I think the third main metric is revenue. So, you know, we do get somewhat some SaaS revenue from advisors. So how do we continue to grow that? But also how do we execute loans when, uh, you know, when it makes sense to execute a loan for an individual uh, to get an origination uh, and or a referral fee? Um, that I think is also a bit driven by uh, rates. So we want to build like another big strategy. And if you think about our fundraising round, it was we're building the engine uh, to create a really robust kind of uh, product that when rates do drop, whether it's in Q3, Q4 or Q1 of next year, uh, we will be ready to execute a ton of loans and drive significant, significant revenue. Makes sense. A man with a plan. Um, (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Uh, And as we now definitely wrap up or definitively wrap up, uh, do you have any asks or gives from the SaaS community of operators, investors, and founders? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I'm happy to, you know, chat with anyone. Uh, obviously, the ask is if you think Sora, you know, Sora is, I think, could go to any employer out there. So any operators out there that are looking for a financial wellness benefit that we think really provides peace of mind on the debt side uh, with, with kind of uh, high quality meetings with advisors, uh, think of Sora. And then and reach out to me or, or think us on the website. And then I think on the gives, if anyone's ever trying to, I think we've spent a lot of time trying to go after this segment and think through the advisor segment in particular. Happy to uh, to swap and share any of our learnings and notes and and contacts in that space. 
Awesome. Well, thank you very much. I, this is a fascinating product and something with a, a real like helpful mission. And I really hope you succeed in helping people out of debt. I I'm really rooting for you. I say that to everybody, but I really root for you. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah. Rohit, thank I you so much for the time. Yeah. Thanks so much guys.